6 o'clock and good morning on behalf of each and every one of us. Be blessed in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Good morning. Dumalang Kunjani Huyamora. It's a brand new day. And today on the 15th of February, may the glorious impossible be yours this morning, right throughout this day, to know God's grace in a way perhaps you've forgotten, perhaps you are so deep in loss or whatever it may be, the challenges you are going through that you just say, well, I hope. The hope of the Holy Spirit that the Lord will be your light today with the power of love to give you the power, the same power that was in Christ's resurrection power. And I'm saying this this morning because there are so many situations through which so many Christians are going. And many a times unable to acknowledge the unspeakable challenges that makes us mourn and cry and weep. And we don't often acknowledge the unspeakable that happens to us. That's life. If it could happen to Christ Jesus, the unspeakable of his suffering, of his death on the cross. Why would you and I be exempted from that? You know, Jesus dignifies grief and the acknowledgement of the unspeakable when he says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 4, Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. And I know that the context of Matthew 5 verse 4, the mourning is also to mourn how big my sin is. But also those who mourn when they acknowledge the unspeakable Ecclesiastic 3 verse 4 asserts the importance of times to weep and times to mourn, as well as times to laugh and to dance. Ecclesiastic 3 verse 4. There are times to weep and there are times to mourn, as well as times to laugh and times to dance. John 11 Verse 35, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. John 11:35, And then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, could, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? But John 11, verse 35, Jesus wept. 
to acknowledge the unspeakable in our lives. We can take our cue from Jesus Christ our Lord. And when we express in words or tears our feelings about what we have lost, we can come to Christ. At the moment there are so many, so many people in South Africa who have lost so much, especially in the interior of South Africa with the ongoing rain. And the rain continuing today in, in, in many, many parts of the interior of South Africa. And so many people have lost so much, so much. No bed to sleep on, no food to eat. So many informal settlements have been washed away. People have lost loved ones, washed away by rivers and floods. People who have lost loved ones, people who have lost their marriages. People yesterday who would love to have a sort of a Valentine's festivity, but there's no one. So we can go on. People who've lost their money. We just read in some of the newspapers our Ponzi schemes where so many people have lost all of their life saving. So we can go on. And then now my feeling of my loss can reflect many things. The Bible teaches me. Anger. I can be cross. I can be very angry of what has happened. I can have a feeling of a desire to change the outcome of what has happened to me, along with the realization that I cannot change the loss I have experienced. I can experience fear that I will not be able to function without what I have lost, be it my house, my relationship, my marriage, a loved one. And there are many feelings, many emotions, anger, desire to change the outcome just to realize I cannot change the outcome. Fear that I'm not able to function anymore as before. But you know, in acknowledging these feelings, these emotions, we cooperate with the grieving process that God has designed for our healing. And this is the crunch of when Jesus wept in John. Jesus gave us the example that when we cooperate with a grieving process, we cooperate with a process that God has designed for our healing. I want to take you back to John 11:35. Jesus wept. Jesus, the Son of God, wept. And it doesn't say cry. The Greek word for wept 
in the culture of ancient Israel. I don't have time to go into that this morning, but it's, it's more, much, much more than just crying. Your innermost being comes into a roar. Jesus wept. And even when, when the Jews around him said, but couldn't it, couldn't he that opened the eyes of the blind cause this man not to have died? But the Son of God, Christ Jesus, John 11.35, gives us the healing process God has designed when we cooperate in our grieving process, in the grace of Christ. There's nothing to say. There's nothing easy about bearing witness to this wrenching experience, to mourn what you have lost is never easy. And many of us can testify to losing a loved one. Many of us can testify when you lost your unborn baby. As many I've been with many, many parents, young parents, in the casualty unit at a hospital when there was a miscarriage, to lose the unborn baby. Even Louise and I, we had the same experience many, many years ago. The experience to say, I've lost my spouse. I'm widowed. To lose a child. To lose a loved one. To be rejected and betrayed. In relationships. To lose a long-term marriage in a divorce. And so we can go on. And perhaps you can identify somewhere along to lose is not easy. To acknowledge the unspeakable when you lose. And in these times, as I said earlier, are the floods in so many parts of South Africa. So many people, so many are the poorest of the poor people who have lost their informal setting, their house, their mattresses, their pots and pans. It's gone. You know, most of us struggle with private and public acknowledgement. We resist reconciling the reality of how things are with how we want them to be. And we reason that we do not acknowledge that it can, can't be true. That I've lost this or lost that. Denial is the only way we know many a times to silence the unspeakable of when we have lost someone or something. And we think 
that God is not comfortable with my tears. I shouldn't be either. And therefore, many a times we, as God's children, deny what we have lost. I read a book many, many years ago about a man called C.S. Lewis, who lost his wife to cancer. And he wrote in his journal, The Unspeakable of Bearing That Loss. Take the comfort of the Holy Spirit this morning, that the same power, the same power, is living in you. The same power, Michael W. Smith, he sings a song. The same power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available. And when I walk through a dark and painful road, when I have to face the unknown, when I do not know where to turn to, when I even have lost the will to pray, I can stand on the truth of God's word that I can overcome. I will not be overtaken by my grief of loss. And I will be able to acknowledge the unspeakable of losing, whatever it may be. God gives me the ability to cry. John 11.35 Jesus wept. God gave me the ability to cry. What a comfort. What a comfort. Because to Jesus, each tear is something precious to be treasured and to be remembered. And God is never uncomfortable with our tears. And therefore, you and I should not either be uncomfortable with our mourning, our tears, our crying. And I'm going to say something this morning that perhaps some people will say it's a bit harsh. But that's the truth in the grieving process when, when we have lost someone or something. We can experience anger. Allow the anger to flow through your mind and heart. Because through that, in your anguish, you reflect the truth of how that loss is impacting your life. And through that, don't be, don't be, don't ever, you know, we are, we are, uh, we are taught when we are little boys, especially the little boys, boys don't cry. It's a lie of Satan. Never tell your son when he's a little boy 
not to cry. Because later in life, when that little boy or girl was taught by their parents not to cry when they lose something small as a little kid, when life allows them to lose in their adult years something big, their heart will turn to stone. They will become, they will become people who cannot acknowledge their loss. Weeping out of anguish or even anger reflects the truth of how that loss impacts us. And Jesus, he actually dignifies grief in Matthew 5 verse 4 when he says, Blessed are those who mourn. Ecclesiastic 3 verse 4 asserts the importance of times to mourn, to weep. And again, even in Ecclesiastic 3 verse 4, the, the Hebrew word in the Old Testament for weeping and mourning in the context of the cultural weeping and mourning of old Israel is something very different. You know, many a times as a Domini, I officiated burials and, and I saw so many people who just want to finish off at the grave and close the grave and get to the church all to have tea and scones and little fricadella and cold meats and afterwards having a braai and a party and drinking themselves to a babalas. Some cultures call it the after tears party. Hmm? Blessed are those who mourn. There are times to weep and to mourn, as well as times to laugh and dance. And John 11.35, Jesus wept. But you and I can take solace in the fact that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that commands the dead to wake, lives in us. The same power that moves mountains and moved mountains when Jesus spoke, that same power that moves mountains when he speaks, the same power that can calm a raging sea lives in us. We have the hope that his promises are true. In His strength, not in mine, in His strength, there's nothing, not even the greatest loss that I cannot overcome, but go through the healing process. Weep and mourn. Do not allow that your loss ever overtake you. You and I have the power because the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is the same power that commands the dead to live again. Greater is he that is living in me. He conquered my enemy. No power or darkness, no weapon prevails because I stand in faith, in victory, when I acknowledge my grief in Jesus' grace. Amen.